So I'm looking at a word tonight. I'm going to key in on this word tonight, and I'm going to be on that every time we preach on this. It's something we need to get a hold of. Jude, verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God, the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Underline that, and called. And called. Mercy unto you, peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. Underline that. Earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before an old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you should knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believeth not. And the angels which kept not their first estates, but left their own inhabitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under the darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even Solomon and Gomorrah and the cities about them in the like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh and are set before the example of suffering the vengeance of the eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him real an accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. You know, listen, let me just say this. If the archangel Michael could not stand up against the devil, Satan, what makes you think you have the power to do it? Amen. You don't know. You can't stand against him. But he said, The Lord rebuked thee. But these speak evil of these things which they know not. But they that knew naturally are brute beasts, and those things have uh, corrupt themselves. Listen to this. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam, and the reward uh, uh, person in the, uh, uh, in the gainslayer of Cori. These are sports in their feast of charity, when they feast with you, filling themselves without fear, clouds or, or without water, carrying about winds, trees, or fruits, with other, withered and without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging, raging waves of the sea, forming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved uh, the blackness of the darkness forever, and so on and so on and so on. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you tonight, Lord. We just thank you for your mercy and grace and love. We just ask you to give us, uh, 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 uplift us, Lord, and give us understanding, Lord. Help us to take the Word of God and apply it to our life as according to thus the Lord said. Not what we think, not what I think, but what you said, Lord. And we're praising for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen, amen. The book of Jude is nothing more than a thesis or a, uh, a composition of apostasies of the church in the last days. Can I remind you that the church age does not end in a great revival sweeping our country, sweeping America, everybody getting saved? I, I, I'm all for having revival. I'm all in for having revival and preaching the gospel. 
But if you think this world and our country is going to end up in a some big revival and, and people turning to God and everybody getting right, you have lost your mind this evening. According to the Bible, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived that in the last days perilous times shall come. We are here tonight. Can I say that? We're there today. Jude has given us a look at the condition of not just the world, but the condition of the religious world today. And when Jesus comes back, we're going to see today the fullness of what Jude is writing about here. You cannot see that you're not living in these last days. Something is wrong. So Jude tells us that the light of these things, we should be contending for the faith. It doesn't say roll over, play dead. It doesn't say throw in the towel or run up the flag. It doesn't say drop your standards. It says turn to your King James Bible and become like the world. He said yoke up with them. He said, but you ought to reach out. Everybody that we can. The world wants to try to look like the world in order to gain the world in the church today. But the book said in verse 3 that we should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. If you have this idea of a Christian, well, I just want everybody to like me. You're in a wrong fight tonight. If you want to get along with everybody, it's not going to happen. The root of contending is contentious. There's there's no contending without contentious. If you think you're going to live a a, a Christian life without some uh, uh, contention, without somebody uh, getting in your face, you've lost your mind this evening. It is our job not to just contend, but earnestly contend for the faith tonight. If you're going to contend for the faith, And the things of God, who's going to do it? You don't do it. God did not give the charge to contend for the faith to Hollywood. God did not give the charge to contend for the faith for our government. God didn't give the charge to contend to the faith of our sports people, our musicians in this world. No, God gave the contending for the faith for the church people that are called by His name. Paul said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles and the devil. We're there today. If you're not going to stand, who's going to stand? If you don't stand for your family, who's going to stand? If we don't stand for the things of the church, who's going to stand? If the preacher don't stand for the standards and the word of God, then who's going to stand? You need to stand for your family tonight. Ones of those that creeped in. 
He said in verse 4, there are a certain men who crept in unaware. A better part of the book from Job gives this attributes of these that creep in. From verse 4 all the way down to verse 19, uh, he deals with these people who have crept into the church. Uh, listen, this is why we, we got to keep contending today. He keeps the creeps out of the church. If you're tomorrow, I start preaching this cotton candy, ice cream, butter pecan ice cream. Uh, you'll get everything in the body and body to come in. Uh, but we, we got to contend for the faith. If we never preach the doctrine of the word of God and the things of God, we would wind up in a mess tonight. We wouldn't know which way we are going or coming, which way is up, which way is down. We don't hold to standards. If we don't uh, hold to something in our church, it'd be a pot full of mess tonight. Listen, I, I want everybody to be welcome in the church. Believe me, I, I really do. But if you want to walk with God and serve God and live for God, then you're welcome. But let me tell you what, there are those that creep into church and they want to whisper in somebody's ear to get them to join up over here and they whisper in somebody's over here to get them to join up over here. We will have a problem with you. We will contend with you, I'm telling you. So Paul, Jude warns us of those that crept into church. He also shows us the catastrophe in verse 11. That's the word I want to look at, woe. Woe means grief, anguish, affliction, wretchedness, calamity, and trouble. When you see this word woe, it is a warning to those things if you continue down the path that you're going, you're going to have grief, you're going to have affliction, you're going to have trouble if you continue down that path. Listen to me, when God says, whoa, you better listen. Stop. The person that uses the word woe the most in the Bible, I think it was used, I think, 92 times, if I remember right, 92 times the word woe is found in the Bible. You know who uses the word woe the most? Jesus Christ. He's trying to warn everybody you're going down the wrong way, you're heading down the wrong path, and if you keep going down that path, there is trouble, there is grief, there is comedy, you're going to have problems down there if you keep going that path. But I've set a wall in front of you to keep you from going in that direction. I don't want you to go down that way. And I believe God puts a woe in front of every one of us at times in our life to let us know, hey, you shouldn't go there. You, you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't think that. And God puts that woe in front of you. In verse 11, he says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Preaching tonight, the way of Cain. What about this way of Cain? that God thinks is so destructive. If we go in the way of Cain, it can end up in trouble. We can end up in affliction. And we'll have a problems. There's several things about this way of Cain. And we've got to go back. Go back to Genesis chapter 4. We'll go back to where Cain is. Genesis chapter 4. 
Genesis chapter 4, verse number 1. The way of Cain. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, but buried Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she buried, again buried his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And all the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of the flock and the fatted of thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering he had no respect and Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. The way of Cain is without redemption. Cain has got the best mo that money can afford. Uh, he's worked hard. Uh, I can see this man out in the fields. He's toiling. He's laboring in his garden there. Uh, he's done built the wall around it to keep the little foxes out that's falling the vines. Uh, he's working hard. The sweat of his brow. He's doing everything that he's supposed to do to till the ground, to plant the plants, to, to grow the vegetables, to grow everything. He's working hard as he can. To bring forth the fruit to eat. There's only one problem with Cain's way. There's no blood. There's no blood. There's no blood attached to it. The way of Cain is a way that cannot redeem. The Bible wants to redeem is by the blood. They say without the shedding of the blood, there's no re, uh, remission. Uh, Ephesians 1, 7 said uh, in, in Genesis 3, when they killed uh, uh, animals, he took the coat of the skin uh, and put it on Adam and Eve. He was setting a precedence from Genesis 3 all the way through Revelation uh, that a man is going to be redeemed. Uh, it had to be a man is going to be re reconciled to God. It had not because he plowed through straight roads. It's not because he planted the seeds. It's not because he growed something. It's because there was blood shed for him. Something had to die in his place. Blood was shed for him. And God has respect unto the blood and said, I will accept that. And that's all God will accept. Is the blood. It's the blood of the Lamb. Now I imagine that Cain had worked hard for this. This, this is the best I've got. This is the best I've got. When it comes to redemption, when it comes to salvation, I'm not talking about service now. When it comes to redemption, your best is not good enough. When it comes to salvation, you can't work your fingers to death. Uh, you can't be a good person. Uh, you can't go all about everything you do. It is not good enough when it comes to salvation. Amen. You can be baptized in every pool. Every tadpole knows your social security number. You can join every church. But it's still not good enough. You want any good with God can't just live a good life do good deeds 
for everybody. You, you can work hard and, and provide for your family and do the things you're supposed to do. Give to missions like you're supposed to do. Tie to the church. Do all those things and still die and go to hell. Wind up in a lake of fire for eternity. When it comes down to it, God is not looking for your best because it's not good enough. Your best is not good enough in redemption. God is looking for His own best. His own best is His Son, Jesus Christ, and He's looking for His blood that was shed at the cross of Calvary. God gave His best, and it's His only begotten Son. I, I believe that there are some Bible-believing, Bible-preaching churches across the country today. Even in our own denomination, they ought to fill with people that have this trying to get the way of Cain tonight. They fit in. They look good. They dress right. They do all the things they're supposed to do. That's wonderful. We're in a country where people are Around here, joke, cut up, have fun. Listen to me, that's not good enough to get you to heaven. Not good enough to get you to heaven. There has to be a point in time in your life where you cease trying to be good for God and give something good to God in your life. But to get to heaven, you got to say, in my hand, no price I have. Everything simply have the cross to clean. I'm trusting in what God has done. Not in what I can give, but what God has done for me. The way of Cain is without redemption. Simply without redemption. The way of Cain is without rules. Verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy continent fallen? If thou well, doest well, thou shalt not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall he be desired, and thou shalt rule over him. This is what Cain is saying. Don't tell me how to worship. You should accept me exactly like I am. I don't have to do it your way. When it comes to salvation, uh, uh, you're right. You, can, you can't do it your way. It's God's way and God's way only. God will take you exactly as you are when it comes to salvation. We are fallen men. We're fallen in sin. God will take you. We're living a day where churches, where we have this religious and, and is absolutely no rules whatsoever. That is the mindset of supposedly of saved people today. I have no rules. Can I tell you that God has rules for acceptability? Listen to this statement. Listen to it. Write it down, put it in your heart. There is, no, there is a difference between being accepted into the beloved positionally and living practically accepted by God. Get that? There is no difference in being accepted into the beloved positionally and living practically 
accepted by God. Some Christians say, well, I've been accepted in the blood. That's salvation, you're right. But then there's things you have to do. There are some things you have to do. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, be by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Christ made, made me accepted in the beloved by what he done at the cross of Calvary, but when it comes to pr practically, I am to present myself with a reasonable service. I, I am to do something. I, I don't know where this has come from, but the people today believe that we should not have rules in our churches today. There should be no rules in the way we worship and our service. There should be no rules. The epistle of Paul, you need to read the epistles of Paul. You need to get into them. There is a whole chapter in 1 Corinthians on how long your hair should be, sir. How long it should be. Oh, just not that. There's also in there, ladies, on modest apparel on how you should be looking. Not only that, it tells us in there how we should talk, how we should walk, how we should live. It says, hey, that sounds like there's some rules to me in worship and serving God. But we got churches today that have thrown the rules out. Come as you are, do what you want to do, act like you want to do, uh, and it's, everything's good to go. No. There is rules in worship. There's rules and standards that God has put before you and I. But there is a religion today without rules. That's not what Jews said in verse 8. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Verse 3 says, It's raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame. They can believe they can throw anything out there and you're supposed to accept it. This is who I am. This is what I am. You've got to accept it. Listen, you're more than welcome to come to church. And I encourage you to be in church. We're not going to argue about what the Bible said. The Bible's true. We're, we're living in a day where tolerance has been twisted and warped in the church today. They're, they're tolerant of everything in the church today. When it goes clearly against the scriptures of God, we ought to stand against it. I, I really don't understand why we fight this stuff with saved people. Why are we dealing with this with saved people? I understand but it, and like my mindset when I wrapped it and got my mind around it. A reason why we're fighting with so-called saved people. They've never read the Bible. They've never gotten in the Word of God. If you're saved when I'm preaching tonight, you should say, hey, man, right on, preacher. But we don't hear that, do we? We don't hear that. And Revelation is talking about the churches, the church of Pecamus. 
It said it had allowed the doctrine of Balaam in the church. They, 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 t- they took the doctrine of the devil and put him in a church. Tithara, the church works of Jezebel. You can get to the place where you become so tolerant of everything of this world and coming into the church and you have no rules, you have no standards. Whatsoever goes, that's your, what you take. The way of Cain was out without redemption. The way of Cain without rules. But may I say the way of Cain is without restraint. Verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel his brother and it came to pass when they were in the fields and Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And watch what he said. I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth me from the ground. Because he has no rules, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me how to act. He has no restraint now. I'm going to do what I want to do. Wherever I want to do it. However I want to do it. Jews said these people despise dominion. The Bible's not going to tell me what to do. The preacher's not going to tell me what to do. It's religion without restraint. There are no boundaries. Can, can, you, can you not see that we're living in the days of no restraint today? Not, not just in our churches, but in our country itself, where people can bust into a store, rob it, burn it to ground, and, and at be not, not be held accountable for anything. Yeah, we're, we're living in a world without restraint. The reason why we're living in a world without restraint, because the rules has not been set. We're living in a day where everybody can do what they want to do, say what they want to do, act the way they want to do, and it's starting to come into churches. I'm telling you, we've got to stand against some things. We've got to stand with the Word of God and push back and keep pushing back. Amen. I believe they all need to be in church. I believe they need to get right with God. I believe they need to get saved. But I cannot allow them to come in and set up and take dominion inside the house of God. Because the word of God tells me to stand against it. I read this article. Let me quote this. There's a new thing out, and you think I'm crazy, but I had to research and I did. There is a movement in this world today, and it's starting in the United Kingdom, and it's rapidly coming this way. It's now saying that we have to accept pedophilia. We have to accept it. It's coming in. And the reason why we have gotten this far, the reason why we've gotten right with things is because we said, hey, there's no rules. Uh, Sir, you can marry that person. You can marry that man. Uh, No, you can't. Ma'am, you can marry that woman right there. You can't live in ungodliness like that. There has to be a stop. Uh, There has to be some rules. uh, And there's got to be some restraint. You're not careful. It's going to be in this country. And that's just a start because there's no rules today in anything we do. We don't put a stop sign up that says, hey, you can't go no farther. I found this out. Churches have set rules. And when they reach that point of rule that if that church 
They say, well, let's just change the rules. Well, if God said this is not right, if God says don't do this, God has told us how to dress, God has told us how to walk, God has told us how to look, God has told us what we say, should not say, what we think and should not think, then I can't change the stop sign. It will not change. There's got to be some restraint. And it starts, and let me, can I say this? Mom, Dad, you ain't got no rules in your house, the restraint's gone. You ain't got a rule in your house. Well, I don't want, I don't want them to feel so bad. Baha. Boo-hoo. There's got to be some rules. Because if you don't set rules and boundaries in your house, then it comes in the church and, and just no rules or boundaries in the church. You can't worship that way. You can't live that way. God says it's an abomination to him. You can't do that. There's got to be some restraint. And it starts in your house. I mean, I'm just telling you. I know your kids are going like, he shouldn't have said that. I, I like doing what I do. I like being on my phone at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I like texting. I like texting them people at 4 o'clock in the morning. Hey, Amen. I'm just telling you, there must be some rules. If you want your house to grow like God wants it to grow, you need to set some rules. And don't wait till he get to that point and say, well, I'm at the edge of this rule. Can we change this rule? I, I've, got, I, I, I've got a time that I'm supposed to be in the house at 10 o'clock, but you know what? This is a special day. Can we change it to 1030? You change it to 1030, next day it's 11 o'clock. 11.30, 12 o'clock, next thing, they, next thing you know, you're getting up as they're coming in the door. No rules. Got to be some restraint. Well, I don't like to hold them back. I like them to make their own decision. They ain't old enough to make a decision. You've got to make it for them. God has made it for us. We don't go say, well, God, I think I'll change it. No, you can't. God said, this is the way it is. You've got to accept it. Amen. The way of Cain is no redemption, no rules, and no strength. Can I tell you this? The picture of the flesh. Cain is the picture of the flesh. He, you, you know he's the firstborn, first birth, natural birth. Adam and Eve was created. Cain was born. <laughs> Y'all get a hold of this. If Cain's a picture of the flesh, the firstborn, what was the picture of the second one? Spirit. Abel, picture of the spirit. Firstborn, secondborn. Amen. Adam was firstborn and seed sin. Christ the secondborn. Pure, holy, righteousness. Amen. No redemption the way of Cain. No rules the way of Cain. We got any Cains in here? Got any Cain homes around here? Mmm. Mmm. No restraint. The way of Cain without ramification. Verse number 11. 
And now art thou cursed from the earth, which have opened her mouth to receive thy brother. Blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield another thee her strength. A fugitive, a vagabond, shall thou be in the earth. He, he did two things wrong. He knew that he should have brought something else than what he did. But he didn't. You can tell what there was no restraint because he kills his brother. Now, all that he knows, he knows he did this. This is what he did. But watch what he said in verse 13. And Cain said unto the Lord, This isn't fair. Well, it was me. My punishment is greater than I can bear. Th Cain thought God's retribution on his decisions was unreasonable. How many kids you got tonight says what mama and daddy put down on me is unreasonable. I don't think I deserve that. I don't think I want that. And I'm going to just tell you, mama and daddy's been down your road before. They know what you need and what you don't need. God's been down this road before. Cain, you chose this. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. You can choose your sin, you can choose your rebellion, but you cannot choose your punishment. Listen here, young people. You can choose the sin that you want to do. I'm going to do this. Ain't nobody can't tell me I can't do this. I'm going to rebuild in this area. Nobody can tell me anything. Go ahead. You choose it all you want to. But you're not choose the punishment. That is what God said I'll do. And God is going to punish sin. Amen. Trying to wake you up. Trying to help you tonight. This is going to be a long series. It's going to be a lot of whoa-ho-ho's in this series. Amen. Trying to get you ready. Hey, if we all... <laughs> Y'all, you probably think, well, he's preaching all on top of me. I, I ain't done none of that, but I feel like he's just tupping on my toes. Well, good. Well, good. Well, good. We'll start wearing steel toes, yeah. Because <laughs> it comes... Amen. I'm just, I, have I told you anything that wasn't in the Bible? You go to the Bible and you read it. Everything is in the Word of God. Our problem is we've... <laughs> Our problem is we got these lily back, wet back preachers that don't want to preach the word of God. They want to preach all, everything's good, everything's happy. I don't care what you do, how you do it. Just come on in. We want the numbers. We need your money. Come on in. No! I want to see souls saved. People get right with God, living for God. Walking in the way of God. Amen. You wanted me to preach that ice cream stuff, butter pecan ice cream stuff, cotton candy stuff? No. Cain says this is unfair. You can't choose your punishment. The consequences belong to God. The ramification belongs to God. And your sin and your rebellion is going to bring consequences. 
But he says nobody's fault in this text but Cain. When God deals with Cain, there's no rules, no restraint. Watch what Cain does. I read this and I thought about, man, this is a picture of so many people that's been in the church today. This is what I see in people in churches today. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Verse number 16. Now, God never told Cain he had to go. God never told Cain he had to leave. Cain chose to leave. Cain could have gotten right with God and said, Lord, I made a mistake. That was wrong. I, I do, I, I'm just going to come to the altar. I'm going to lay on the altar and I'm going to pray and pray until you forgive me. And I'm just telling you, I've seen so many people come into church and uh, do something wrong uh, and get mad at God and they walk out of the presence of God. Yep. And all they had to do is run to God instead of run away from God. God never told Cain, Cain, get out of my face. I don't want to see you no more. Cain chose we choose to leave God when we do something we shouldn't do and we get caught. It's fine as long as we're not caught, but as soon as we get caught, we get mad at everybody in church. I didn't do it to you. You've done it to yourself. I'll go to the altar and pray with you. We'll get right with God. Amen. Amen. Y'all better say amen. It ain't going to get no better. I think about the seventh woe. Y'all probably going, oh, boy, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I can't take no more of that. <laughs> amen. He never told God. He, God never told him. I know people don't change. Maybe, maybe they said if God had said, well, Cain, you know, I'll overlook it this time. I'll let you slide this time. Maybe there's some who said, you know what, it's God's fault that he did this. God set him up. God should, have, God should have just let it go, never said a word about it, and Brother Cain would still be around here today. If we let everything slide that the world brings into the house of God, this is no longer a church. It's a social club where any and everything can go. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of a dead church. I don't want to be a part of somebody over here doing something they shouldn't be doing, they know they shouldn't be doing, and everybody over here knows they're doing it, but yet still accept it. We've got to stand against it. We've got to stand against it, I'm telling you. God, God says, whoa, don't go down that path. There's trouble down that path. There's heartache down that path. There's grief down that path. But yet we still to choose to go down those paths. Cain says God's punishment is greater than I can bear. He should just let me do what I want to do. And not put so many, so big of a ramification on me for doing it. That's what we see in society today. This idea of I can act the way I want to, 
talk the way I want to talk, run the way I want to run, say what I want to say. It's not just a problem in this country, it's a problem in our churches today. We've got problems. We have got people that live like hooligans and never been held accountable for their actions. We got Christians that are sitting in churches that act like hooligans and haven't been held accountable for their actions. It's got to stop. Whoa! God said, whoa. It's got to stop. There's retribution for it. But the way of Cain, God is warning. God is warning us. You have no rules. You have no restraint. There is punishment coming. And you're going to have to accept that punishment. The way of Cain, there's no redemption because there's no blood. But I thank God for the way that we are. We have the true God. We're serving the true risen, risen Savior. I, I thank God for that. But woe. 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 Check your life out. Check your home out. Make sure that where you're at today in your home that you've got rules. Sorry, kids, but rules are good. Not only rules in your home, but there's rules in the church. God gave you the rule book. I, 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 what I'd like to say, and I'm not saying this facetious, and I don't want to say as mean as I can. I'm just saying it's written with all the love I can. As God has given you the rule book, then you ought to take the rule book and start reading the rule book. Thus said the Lord, it's not my word, it's not your word, but it's God's word. He said, you start reading this word, and it will change your life. Because it's his word, and he's the only one who can change it. Amen.